Hi, this is Lindsey Miller, and you're listening to the Arkansas Times Week in Review podcast on Friday, September the 18th. In this week's episode, we're going to talk about the latest COVID-19 news, including how Arkansas is likely to come up short in additional pandemic unemployment payments. We'll also talk about the race for Arkansas's second congressional district and the latest on LRPD infighting. I'm joined, as usual, by Max Brantley. Good afternoon. So let's start, as we always do, with uh, what's what's new with COVID-19. Well, there's just an awful lot of it in Arkansas. We're, we're solidly in the top 10 of states in, in the growth rate. And uh, the governor thinks, well, you know, we're just doing a lot of testing here. And that means we're going to really be able to trace it better and back to work. You know, I, I, to me, one of the most interesting things that happened this week was an MSNBC interview with Anthony Fauci, the esteemed epidemiologist last night in which he said, you know, it's pretty clear that bars and restaurants are a problem, particularly in hotspot areas, and we need to close them to reduce the rate of transmission. And of course, you know, we reopened these a long time ago, and, and, and Asa Hutchinson's firm belief is that there's no proof that that's caused any problems in Arkansas. And as I've said before, I guess it's just magic that we're one of the leading states in the country for new COVID-19 cases. That and that and some pretty strong resistance outside the urban areas, I think, to wearing masks. So, I mean, we, we kind of get what we deserve after a fashion, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've, I'm broadcasting from afar in one of those uh, somewhat rural areas of White County. And uh, let me tell you. <laughs> Well, I noticed folks, I folks. put online today the uh, uh, the map of active cases, and I was interested to know for your information that Washington, Benton, Sebastian, Pulaski, Craighead, Jefferson, major urban areas with colleges are the have the highest number of cases. But but White County's right up there too. Now it's next door to. Pulaski, but I don't, and it has a college, but I, I, if I, if I were guessing, I would guess Harding is probably well behaved, but, but I don't know, maybe not. And I guess there's BB, so who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, well, let's talk about, uh, unemployment, which has been a mess in Arkansas and and in all of its many forms. Um, the, the, the latest, uh, is that folks are, are due, uh, uh, some extra federal assistance, but when it's going to come and how long it's going to last is still a little right. in there. And 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 my incessant griping about this all week long finally got me a call today from Quebec, the governor's communications director, and Mike Preston, the commerce secretary, who endeavored to correct some of my thinking on this. However, I don't think my thinking is particularly incorrect. But let me see if I can boil it down. Donald Trump, when Congress couldn't reach a deal on extending extra unemployment benefits, Donald Trump issued an order to say, well, we're going to pay some money out of, out of the emergency uh, assistance fund, FEMA's fund. <clears throat> and Arkansas was based on, based on unemployment roles and needs, was allocated $79 million. Now, by, by the account of Mike Preston, the it's very complicated, but that they were not able to apply for more than three weeks initially. 
And then they would see how the payment experience would go and how much of their existing money they paid toward unemployment insurance could be credited toward the state's 25% match. And then they would apply one week at a time subsequently for added payments. Well, this has upset a lot of people because the federal website says this is a six-week program. And some states have gotten six weeks. Louisiana has already gotten six weeks. Mike Preston says, oh, well, they're different because they have so many people on unemployment. Also, their unemployment benefits last longer. And so this figures into the formula of how much the state has to come up with out of its own money versus CARES Act. It's, it, it's, I'm going too far already, I can tell. But here, 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 here's, here's, to me, the long and short of it. Yes, Arkansas could qualify for six weeks if it's willing to pay for it. They're not ready to make that commitment yet because ultimately the legislature would have to vote provide more money to continue this extra benefit. And I think that's a political issue. I, I think at this point, there's going to be the extra 300 for those who qualify. And this is, this is a problem because you have to have lost your job because of COVID-19. You have to certify that is going to be for the weeks of August 1st, 8th and 15th. They play paid one week of that. They'll start a second round of payments tonight, and then a week from today, they may do the third week. Now, early in the week, Workforce Services told me we're not even sure we'll have the money to do those three weeks' worth. They think they will, Mike Preston tells me today, at least be able to meet the three weeks. But the, the fact of further applications, and they say also that they haven't gotten word yet, as other states have, that this fund is running out and so don't plan on any extra payments. I mean, I do think that Arkansas is just being as miserly as possible, first of all. And, and it, part of that is a political decision. And the net effect is, is there are people who live 120 miles south here that are getting six weeks of $300 a week payments. And in Arkansas, we may get three weeks and better be happy for it. And it's further complicated by the fact that our payments are so bad. You can't qualify for this $300 unless you get at least $100 a week in regular unemployment benefits. Well, in Arkansas, we have 7,400 people whose unemployment benefits are worth somewhere from $81 to $99 a week, which is crazy in and of itself. <clears throat> and so the state has made this little soft where if you're a parent, a custodial parent or a foster parent or taking care of a child, you can qualify for a little extra assistance from the state, but it's, you know, the, the bottom, the, the bottom, the moral here is, is Arkansas shorts poor people. That's the bottom line. And this is more, this is more of the same. But right. meanwhile, let, let me add, I keep getting flooded with emails who, from people who can't get through to the helplines, who get told things and then they don't follow through on them. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, I noticed that there's some legislators that aren't happy about it. And I think there'll be some hearings on this perhaps next week, and that'll be a good thing. I mean, I think at some point, while, while it's true, there are complications, but it's true we're cheap, number one. We're politically attuned to that cheapness, number two. And I think there's just a question about competency in state agencies, but, but that's me. 
Well, of, of course, the, the the broader issue here is Republican intransigence uh, and in passing a broader relief package. Oh, all right. And I mean, you got there. There are many Republican legislators who think unemployment benefits are an incentive not to work. <laughs> yeah. You know, which so I, I mean, it's we 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 live in a a very mean place unless you're a big business. All right. Well, let's let's talk about uh, upcoming election and specifically the race for second district, where uh, Democratic challenger Joyce Elliott uh, is is given Frenchville a run for his money. A new poll from Talk Business and Hendricks College has the race at pretty much a dead heat. Yeah, pretty much a dead heat. Her one and a half points behind, but well within the margin of error. And and the, the key factor is is an increase in support for a Democratic candidate from uh, women in outlying counties and, and, and women in general, which is which tracks a national trend. Uh, however, in the second district, Joe Biden led among all voters, which shows that trend even more sharply. But Joyce Elliott's a little bit behind. Uh, the, the thing is, is there have been signs already that she was a serious candidate because of the, the tenor of French Hill's campaign, which suggests they have internal polling that suggests if, if, if she's not in a dead heat, she's, she's threatening to him. Well, and it's, and it's understandable. He's been a reliable defender of, of Donald Trump. He's a defender of Wall Street. He's an enemy of health care. I mean, they're, they're just a, a staggering list of very solid reasons why people should not vote for French Hill. And so he's going to paint her as a as a, a liberal wacko. And you wrote an item this week where they manipulated an ad and, and played with a photograph and, and then and then lined it up with just these bodacious lies about Joyce Elliott saying she supports looting. I mean, it's just crazy stuff. And actually, the photograph was her at a, at a rally for Little Rock school teachers. You know, some you know a really dastardly thing she was doing, and so she got called. But I don't think that prompted them to pull the ad down. And 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 interestingly enough, you know, this, this is a case where media becomes very important. And they they put out a, some pretty good adverts about French Hill's dishonest ads, for example, on the fact that she voted some for some cell phone fee increase when it was a Republican bill that helps improve rural telephone service. And her advertising has, has pointed that out. I don't know if she'll have a comeback on this dishonest photograph ad, but I haven't seen any reporting on the, the, this dishonest advertising in the state's largest newspaper, not that it's that large anymore, or on the TV stations. And a lot of that's where a lot of people get their news, particularly TV. And I, I you know, I think that there's not reporting on it. It's it's an open question on whether that that will get through about how desperate and dishonest French Hill is. And so it's just hard to know. It, 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 I did a story today, which was interesting to me, because all of this stuff is coming out of the same workshop. It's coming out of Gilmore Strategies, which is the PR lobbying consulting firm that was formed by a bunch of former A's to Asa Hutchinson, and they're getting rich off that connection. They're getting all the Republican candidates. They're getting all the lobby business, and they got French Hill's business, and they're just one of the slimiest bunches going. 
and I stumbled across something that was fairly interesting today. They, they've gone after Eddie Cheatham, a Democratic senator in, in South Arkansas, who also voted for the cell phone bill. And now they're ripping him up with these with these mailers that saying he's a tax and spender, an awful guy. Well, he's running against Ben Gilmore, who's an aide to Tim Griffin. And the brother, John Gilmore, who's the head of this Ace Inc., I call it, this law firm that's getting rich off its Ace Connections. And, and the bottom, not only is it hypocritical on that account that, you know, that, that, that they're helping Ben Gilmore by using something that John Gilmore's patron supported, but it, it turns out that one of their lobbying clients is a company that hopes to get business from this cell phone tax. So, I mean, it's yeah. just a double, a double dose of hypocrisy, but. And then, and then they're running these ads for cookie cutter. They're running the same ad for Republican candidates around the state where they just change the name and picture in it of who it's for. And it depicts the Republican Party as the party you want to go to to protect you from COVID-19 because Donald Trump's done such a great job, not to mention Tom <laughs> Cotton going after the Chinese virus. And I think, I mean, really, are Arkansas voters this stupid or this gullible? that they will say, yeah, man, Donald Trump, he's really the man on COVID-19. And so I got to vote for this guy. I mean, really? But maybe, I mean, you know, these, these, that's, that's what they pay these guys the money for. And they've certainly won a lot of legislative races in Arkansas. I'm just glad they don't have Barack Obama back on all the mailers again. I'm kind of surprised they haven't gone to that well again. Yeah. Well, the, the mailer that, or there was a Facebook ad actually that you, that you referenced uh, that. Oh, right. That Face, was, sorry, Facebook ad. Was uh, tried to portray Joyce Elliott as if she were at a BLM rally, you know, calling for the police being defunded. I mean, there's definitely some, some racist uh, overtones to that. And I think that you're probably going to see more of that as the, unfortunately, as the campaign heats up, you know, trying, trying to bring out a sense that she is this black radical. No, and I was hoping I would see it again, but I caught the tail end of a TV ad last night. It was another Joyce Elliott's attacks and spender. And any taxes that have been passed in the last few years, I mean, including the highway tax increase, I mean, I mean, you know, that's been the, that's been the work of Asa Hutchinson. I mean, it's, and I guarantee you, French Hill is for anything for the highway lobby. I mean, if we want to talk about taxes, but, well, anyway, I mean, that's just the name of the game is misleading 30 second ads. And you just have to hope that people have a better angel side to them. I think so far, Joyce Elliott has kind of saying, I can work with Republicans too. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a public school teacher. I love the kids. I mean, she's been really pretty positive. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's some people say, oh, she's really got to go after French. And, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I think he sounds a little harsh in this in this attack advertising on her, and I you yeah. know he's running these and he's running these bunch of ads about China. I mean China. I mean, I mean I know you can inspire xenophobia easily among voters, but and I get it that China is probably not popular in Arkansas, but I mean tying Joyce Elliott to China. I mean I I, I don't know, but. Yeah, but again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the best judge of that. Most likely. All right. Well, finally, uh, let's re- return again to the Little Rock Police Department, uh, which just it is pretty much a dumpster fire. 
Well, no, and, and you know, I guess the, the Black Police Officers Association stepped, well, first of all, I guess Tuesday night, Lance Hines, who's not been a fan of the police chief or of the mayor, uh, <clears throat> called for the, for the mayor to, to get the chief to resign, to fire, constructively fire well, and, inspired uh, inspired by a letter from inspired uh, from by most. This. I guess that's right. That that I guess that occurred this week. I forgot that all that happened this week. There was a letter, I guess, signed by ten of thirteen command officers, including all three assistant police chiefs, saying that they just couldn't work with the chief, that he wouldn't communicate with them, and that he felt they felt like in many cases he was taking retribution against people who differed with him on some decisions, particularly the handling of the Charles Stark matter, the, the policeman who the chief wanted fired and did. And he finally resigned after court action uh, over his shooting of a motorist, a black motorist. And, and so that that just seemed like such a dysfunctional department that that Hines said, you know, he ought to quit. And the mayor said he ain't gonna. And uh, other city directors didn't say anything at the meeting, but lately it became pretty clear that B.J. Wyrick particularly is troubled by it. I think Gene Fortson says he wants to know more. Some other, some other members of the board. Joan Adcock. Joan Adcock is absolutely not a fan of the chief or the mayor. And, and, uh, and I, I think even some, I, I think probably three African-American board members are in the chief's corner for the time being. Uh, but I think some of the silent directors, Kathy Peck and Kathy Webb, particularly, uh, they're being careful, but I, I think, I, I don't think I overstate to say they, they have cause to think we have a problem with the police department, which of course we do. I, I, I'm of, I'm of several minds of this. I, I lean slightly in the current chief's favor, because I think a lot of this is the fraternal order of police continuing its long history of more or less being the power at the Little Rock Police Department. They are a mostly white group. They mostly don't live in Little Rock, and they they tend to support the authoritarian mindset. I, I don't know that there's ever been a police officer accused or even found guilty of excessive use of force that they haven't defended. I mean, they are a union. That's what you do is defend your members. But, but they haven't been exactly a force for, for good community policing. So there's that. Defenders of the chief, uh, my friend Marion Humphrey, the retired judge, who's kind of been a de facto spokesman for him, swears that the chief really does have an open door policy and that they can demonstrate that that's true and that he will meet with people. But this is just intransigence on the part of these leaders on a new leader who's making important changes. And, and you know, when things change, there is always tension when things change. I, I don't think there's any way you can look at, 